Welcome back to the Devin Kershaw Show. I'm Matt Hers from fasterskier.com. We have wrapped up the 2023 International Ski Federation World Championships in Planica, Slovenia. I am recording this from a hotel room in Venice where I am about to go eat a hopefully delicious Italian dinner. But we've got one more episode for you breaking down a pretty legitimately awesome men's 50k. We'll be back after the twin 50 kilometer races in Oslo next week. Stay with us. Okay, this is Nat Hers again from fasterskier.com. I am here with a rare pitch, which is this. Faster Skier is the only news outlet from all of North America, the United States or Canada to actually send a human being, a journalist, to cover these world championships in Slovenia. That effort, which has brought you first-hand coverage, exclusive interviews with medal-winning athletes, with non-medal-winning athletes, it costs thousands of dollars. Master Skier has invested in my accommodation, in my travel here. They're paying me, and that costs money. And we've got some very supportive advertisers, Marty and Kathy Hall, but we also need your help, particularly if you want to see this kind of coverage continue in future years. So if you have the means, please consider a donation to the Faster Skier Voluntary Membership Program. You can do that at fasterskier.com support. That's fasterskier.com support. If you join this program, you will automatically receive a 10% discount from a purchase at Boulder Nordic Sport. Thanks for all of your support over the past couple of weeks here in Slovenia. Feeling a little tired from that uh, watching watching 50 kilometers of ski racing? or? Well, I'm, I'm going to be pretty, totally honest, honest with you. I, as a lot of these 50K mass starts are like, until the fireworks happen, you just kind of, you're just waiting for the attrition to kick in and, and cut down that group. I mean, all, all, all the, all the power to the guys that can hang on early in the race, but I mean, it was going super, super slow for a lot of the race today. And I'm surprised that it, it held together with like 30 guys ish for so long, to be perfectly honest, because it's cluster skiing and it's the end of a championship. We've talked about that. Chris talked about that too, how not super easy to hold your your energy and your motivation up especially if you're not firing 10 out of 10 but but a lot of the guys were hanging in there pretty good although there was there was no movement for the uh, first half of that thing but then I, I was, then it got awesome then it got was, really really awesome i was talking to a couple guys who were um not the leaders uh mika vermulen and uh ivor johannes Alev from austria and estonia respectively and they were they were talking about how they were fully at a talking pace for the first three or four kilometers of the race. And also later on, uh, you know, it's a 50 K. What are you going to do? No, for sure. It's a 50 K. And this is, this has been the beauty and the curse of the change that this made by making the 50 K a mass start by making it a mass start at the end, the drama that we get to see at the end of these things is phenomenally exciting for the men, but it requires a lot of drudgery. If you're going to watch it's because it's not even like that beautiful stretched out, gorgeous skiing when they're tight. It's just, 
it's a comfort cruise. It really is for these good guys like the Clayabos, the Paul Goldbergs, the Poramas. Uh, they're going like zone two. You know what I mean? And then, then, then it happens. But um, that's just what we have to live with. And that, of course, like I'm, I'm an old curmudgeon. Like I, I want to see the 50k individual start again. I don't think we'll ever see that in the 50k at the World Championships again. I think that's done. Or in the Olympics, I think it's done. But I really, 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 really would like to see Holman Colin go back to an individual start on the long loop because there's just some races that make no sense in some ways, but you need it for the history of the sport. I, I look to like Perry Roubaix in, in road cycling. Anyone that follows road cycling knows they're on like these narbar cobbles that are just vicious and it's kind of a stupid race, but it's been around for so long that it's, yeah, but it's, it's a not a stupid classic. race. It's no, amazing. I love it. I love it. Peru Bay is insanely awesome, but I'm glad I'm not an athlete racing it. That's what I'm saying. And Holman Colon on the long loop, like when you're in Oslo next week, hopefully we can get out and I can show you at least the 16.7. Um, and maybe who knows, maybe you can get out there with and do the 25 K loop, but, but just to see the terrain and, and just kind of close your eyes and visualize how much different a ski race that is than, than just comfort cruising for the first half. And then, and then firing it up like they're doing now. But anyway, honestly, if, if you fast forward people listening and they're waking up here on, on Sunday morning, like you can just fast forward to 25 K and you don't miss anything, but from 25 K in thought it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was, yeah, it, it was some beautiful skiing and some surprises and just like people trying at the end there, especially, especially if you, okay, if you're really tight on time, cause it's beautiful where you are and you want to go out and do your Alpine skiing or cross country skiing yourself, or you're chasing kids around, you could even fast forward all the way to 5k to go, but please, please watch from 5k to go in because that was some of the most exciting last five kilometers I've seen in men's racing in a long, long time. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess we're done. Yeah, um, well, pretty much, but no, we can break down, we can break that down. Yeah. And then I want to ask you what you got from the other people. So, so he, I'll go from 5k down. So of, of course, people that are listening, this is just how, like Nat was joking about this, but this is exactly how it goes. It's a comfort cruise. Then they screw up the pace a little bit to like zone three plus, And then, then, then guys just start popping off. Uh, the guys that just aren't quite in good enough shape, they just can't follow that pace and they're, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone. So in this, in, in that section, the one name I was surprised that got popped uh, at that kind of halfway markish, or just before, before halfway to you, let's be honest, is, is Emma Leverson. Uh, it's just, this is not the season. It's been a couple tough seasons. And for Emma Leverson, who actually kind of came back in the second half of the race pretty decently, skiing completely alone, though. That's it, man. Like, that's his chance. Like, he, he's off the national team. Like, next year, he will not be on the Norwegian national team, which is crazy to say for me. Because Emma Leverson's Paul Mare list is long and it's good, but he has been not good the last couple of years and he had one job to do this year after period one went so badly for him it was to get 100 ready for a 50k classic and like we were talking about the other day these conditions suit emily everson really well the course is hard but it's not it's not like val de fiam hard it's not oslo hard it, it it suits emily everson actually quite a bit and and he just couldn't convert and i was surprised to see him get popped like he did so that that was that was a shock to me so and then the other guys that got popped in that kind of like uh, around the same time, like I thought Olivier, Olivier, like Canadians, North Americans, we can talk about. Like I thought Olivier actually had a super solid race today. I mean, it was the best race of his season. By he was far. psyched. Yeah, he should be. I mean, he's 23rd and it's the best race of his season by far. And it has been a challenging season for him. And he has Homa Cola next week too, 50K skate. 
Uh, that suits him better even than the 50K Classic. So I think he can take some good confidence from that. Scott Patterson too, you know, another guy that was like in there and it looked like it was going well, but again, kind of got popped when this, when the pace went from zone two to zone three plus for the, for the top guys. And, and, and again, Scott 16th, these are solid races. Like this is salt David Norris fresh off a of Berkey American Berkey win. Uh, I know some, some hometown, uh, the hometown cheering squad was hoping for big things from David Norris, but he's just, he's not better than this. Like he, th- this was a super solid race, like 22nd in the world. Th- this is solid. And this is his level. And this has been his level for a number of years now. And he, it seems like he can't really break through that plateau. That saying, if there's one guy that can put together back-to-back fifties in a, in a big way, it's Norris, Norris next well, year. Uh, no, no, ne- back, next weekend. No, no, no. In yeah. Poland, back to back to back fifties. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the Birkebiner, he did win by a lot, but, really American you can't compare American Birkebiner to the world championship 50 or home and 50 it's it's like comparing we, we, we make all these baseball analogies but it's like it's like select or like single a ball to to MLB to the Red Sox so oh I, but, my god you're gonna get so I mean I totally agree with you but also I love the amount of hate mail that you're gonna get about about shit talking the Berkey yeah I'm, I, I the Berkey seems like a one like just an amazing like like uh cross-country ski super festival and good on for the organizers and everyone that makes the trip but the truth hurts to quote Torana Hetland the level at the American Birkebiner is a complete joke when you compare it to the world championships in, in Omongola and if you don't believe that get your head out of your ass that's just how it is so but uh yeah but anyway I, I'm just saying David Norris can can definitely come back and, and put together a solid Omongola um next weekend but it's it's gonna it, it's tough and and then the other Gus, you know, after a pretty solid, I'm breezing through the North Americans, if you can hear me, obviously, yeah. before we get into the race. And Gus, you know, 28th, like after a pretty solid 19th place in the uh, in the 10K skate, or 15K skate, sorry, I, I thought we were going to see something better from Gus. But again, they, these guys, these young guys, like the Oliviers, the the Gus Schumachers that were like junior, not, not well, Gus was a junior phenom. Olivier, for Canadian standards, there's only Alex Harvey with world junior individual hardware for the men's side of things. And Olivier has a bronze from world juniors. So there was high expectations and they haven't been able to convert in the big leagues. And this brings me to Porma, who is born in the year 2000. So he's in his 23rd year on planet earth. And I just, watching him this entire race the poise but like the technique that like how like his technique is outrageously good in both skating and classic but in classic today with that clister skiing holy lord like it, elaborate, it's, it's perfect elaborate. Well, okay. well again you know when we had alex break down the technique he was talking more about skating but like that this high hip position is so key and i thought the the, the last five kilometers this is why it's actually really interesting when you saw all those beautiful shots of like Niskanen going to the front, trying to drill it, Didrik going to the front kind of early in that 5K to go, just try and stretch it out, knowing that they need to get some distance. What do you notice? Nobody is sitting. If you're sitting, you're getting dropped. And the one guy that's sitting the most, and it's he's not, he's still in a great position, is Callie Halverson. Callie, Callie in those shots looks almost a little old school in his technique, and it, it's not at all. Like he's skiing really, really well. But Porama has such a high hip position. His weight is directly under his pocket in diagonal stride. His shoulders are low. And then when he switches to double pulling, his hands and his hips are coming up at the same time. 
His, there's no movement in this core. He's not like a wet noodle whatsoever. And all the power is going where it needs to go. And this is happening at like 47 kilometers of, of, a, of a brutal race. And he's not losing his technique whatsoever. And he's 22 years old. Like this is the, what he delivered today. And not just the result, like just the way he was skiing. We have, we have to get Porama on this thing. Cause like, I mean, I just sing his praises all day long, but uh, today was a, was a race that was amazing to watch. Boulder Nordic Sport is the industry-leading resource for cross-country ski equipment, waxing, stone grinding, and hand-selected skis. Whether you're looking to tour the local park, finish your 15th Berkey in style, or aiming for the next Olympic team, Boulder Nordic Sport's passionate staff can help you find the perfect gear for your skiing experience. Visit bouldernordic.com to shop one of the biggest selections of ski gear in the country, download a digital copy of the annual BNS magazine, or sign up for one of our professional race wax services for world masters and other key races. You can also find extensive waxing instruction on the BNS YouTube channel. The man of the day, and, and I got to get your reactions because I, I was almost like moved to, I know I'm a dad and I'm 40, so my testosterone is probably just crashing to like zero, but I was really moved by what Paul Goldberg did today. I, I was deeply moved. I, wow. I mean, your 50K world champion, Paul Goldberg, the way he did it, speaking of good technique, I mean, but we all know how good technique Paul has had. Paul's had good classic technique since he broke through a 22 in one World Cup individual race here in Lillehammer, actually, 10 years ago. Um, but beautifully executed. His skiing was amazing, but let's, let's, let's just go jump right to that. Like when they, when they connect with the sprint course, dude, he, he was so, he had decided, like, I loved the confidence. It's like, I need to be first before that hairpin corner, because that's, this is where it happens. And he's seen these races and he's like, I'm going to be first over that last little hill into the finishing stretch. I mean, jump in here. Cause like this was, I was, I was really, really moved. It was emotional for me to see this. Yeah, no, I mean, I was, I was standing right there. I was at the top of the sprint course and it just, it was awesome. It, and, but nonetheless, like you're still standing there thinking like, well, Johannes Kleibo is in this pack. And I, I just, I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really, I don't think I really had time to like process what was happening until like they come to the finish and you're like, holy, you know what? Like, I have we ever seen I, when was the last time we saw Clybo get to the end of a mass start and not win with it, when he's skiing with the pack and and I, like Paroma almost beat him that was insane um and just I, I mean it wasn't even like I don't know I mean like Goldberg he didn't just sort of like outlast Clybo like he out sprinted Clybo and that I mean that was what was actually really cool to know like going into that finishing sprint is like Paul Goldberg is like no slouch as a as a as a sprinter like he's not Clybo but then like you know seeing those guys coming to the line together I mean I agree I mean I, I actually I feel like one of the takeaways from this world championships we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about Rosie Brennan Paul Goldberg's a little bit of a different story because I you know he's just you know, he's had his ups and downs, but he's also had like pretty serious ups, right? Like, I mean, the guy was the phenom and, you know, has a pretty long list of, of 
Paul Mars, but it's also, I think there are some similarities when you look at his, the arc of his career and, you know, these athletes get to 30 and they're not getting any better. And some of them go the way of Emil Everson. Emil Everson is 31 and, you know, is his career over now? Like, but then what if Emil Everson puts in five more years, you know, could, could he be doing what Paul Goldberg did today? But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like um, it, it's a, it's a total testament to like the importance and, and power of sticking with it in cross country skiing and, you know, yeah, uh, most people, when they kind of peak out their career at 30, 31, 32, like you're probably not going to get better, but that's not everyone. And, and seeing what like Paul has done, not just today, but at this championships and all the year, it's like anyone who's 27, 28, 29, 30, who's like in cross country skiing who's listening to this podcast and like you have doubts about whether to stick with the sport. I mean, everyone's got to make up their own minds and people, different people have different like considerations and different opportunity costs, but certainly Paul and Rosie, I think are like showing that, you know, your career doesn't have to be sort of foreclosed if you plateau or if you think you're done. And I, I just, yeah, I mean, I think, it's how cool is it that we have these kinds of performances here that, that show that, and that they're just, it's amazing stories. And I, you know, I feel like we also should come back to Niskanen today. Cause like, that was a hell of a story and a hell of an effort, but like, what a, what a series of races we've had at this championship. And the fact that like, you know, we've had all these Norwegian men like dominating, but still like, in the way that it happened today with like a total underdog winning Paroma getting on the podium. Like I'm not mad, you know, I mean, we were talking about this a lot, like it needs to change, but it also is like for, for folks who follow the sport and who know who these people are and care about the sport. um, There was no shortage of, of drama and like poignancy and emotions to be found the entire 11 days that we've been here. And I like, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, I don't know if you, you want to jump on that, but like we could. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah. I want to come I want to come on that a little bit. Like what you said with Paul, because I think it's really, really important. I think. I think what people don't understand is like, yes, Paul was a freak of nature and everyone said he trained like a beast. His technique was a beast. He had like so much fire to like Paul could be like kind of a loose cannon when he was uh, first year, senior, last year, junior, like in that area, like a lot of energy. And won World Cup really young in, in, in a 15K classic, which is, you know, kind of a traditionalist's race. And expectations were sky high. He went to the World Championships in 2013 as in his 23rd year, the same age as um, Porama is now, you know, like his third year senior. Uh, and, you know, skied well in the sprint, made the final in the sprint, which was, which was great. It was a classic sprint there in Val de Fiem 10 years ago. Then crashed and burned into the team sprint. I told that story already in the team sprint day. So people that want to know what happened, just go back and listen to that. But anyway, they did, him and Petter Nortag didn't even make the final. Then here's something crazy, Nat, that I don't think like people that aren't real deep into the sport. Like you said, Paul, Paul Goldberg's 32, but he's turning 33. And after 2013, 
He did not make the world championships in 2015. He did not make the world championships in 2017. He did not make the world championships in Seyfeld. He came back onto the world championship team in 2021. Was solid in 2021 at the world championships individually, but no hardware. Individually, sorry, individually. And then now this season that he's put together, not only has he won individual skate races, we talked about that. Like his skate technique has changed completely at 32, a little bit like Rosie, right? Like Rosie's skiing and, and her grit and determination and stability happened after 30 years old. And if you looked at her in 25, you're like, no, no, she's, she's not going to be a stable top 10 skier in the world cup ever. Like no chance. Paul had those Paul Mares in classic as a young person, then really struggled, like really, really struggled getting kicked off the national team, the whole deal, doing it alone, trying to self fund things. He was like getting help from his parents. Like It was gritty, it, like not Norwegian gritty. It was straight up gritty. Um, and now this year, I mean, he's fighting for the overall world cup and, and it's not like that. I mean, it, it looks like that competition is closed because Claybo is so solid, but Claybo also raced six races and now just got out sprinted by Johannes Claybo beat with his own medicine, which is go to the last little uphill and do the Claybo run and then beast on the double pole. I, I found that like shocking to me. Like I'm watching this thing and I'm watching Paul Goldberg out Claybo run Claybo. Claybo's classic skiing in the tracks while Paul made sure he was first around that hair, like those hairpins and then be able to be on the inside there so we could run out of the track unimpeded and did just that and then had more juice in the double pull. So it, 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 everything about it's amazing. But like you said, I think it's super important. If you want it and you're older and you feel like you've plateaued and that sort of stuff, like now I'm just echoing what you said, I agree. But you also got to do what Paul did, which was look yourself in the goddamn mirror. And are you willing to do what it takes? And I don't think a lot of people, especially in North America, have the self-awareness to understand like this sport is difficult. And if you are questioning what that is, you should watch some of these races. You should watch the, the way Rosie Brennan, the look on her face and the determination in Rosie Brennan, the last like. And Evo Niskanen's too. Yeah, Evo Niskanen today, but, but it's like Rosie Paul putting together a beautiful race like this. It, it, it don't come cheap. So if you want it, it's there for the taking, but it, it's going to take a commitment, the likes to like, not to sound like a Nike ad uh, circa like eight years ago, motivation, like have some like low music, but it, it takes like a real commitment. And, and Paul is, is the epitome of that. So all, all the power to him about Evo Niskanen. I agree. I think people kind of tend to forget, or we've had some emails a bit about that, but like the guy got nuked with COVID like a couple days before Ruka and it wasn't one of these COVID-19 situations where like, yeah, it was a little cold. And then he was out for like five days that felt totally fine. Like, no, no, like it rocked Evo pretty hard. He missed a lot of racing, tried to come back to the tour, struggled a little bit of equipment in the tour too. So, so he, he had cut his losses pretty early, but he also was saying he felt like trash and that's like six weeks later. And then the question about world championships, everyone was questioning. He was even, talking himself down, although Evo Niskin can be a sandbagger. So don't, don't take, <laughs> don't take uh, what Evo says with hundred uh, percent. I love it though, but he's like, ah, oh, no, no, I'm garbage. And like, even though he isn't And today, I thought it was really cool. He tried, he, he did what he needed to do to put himself in the position in hell. He was sixth, which for the Olympic champion, the 50 K and one of the best classic skiers of the gener of this generation, if not the best, I mean, Bolshinov, there's a lot of good guys, but definitely, I would say he's the best classic skier of the last 10 years, let's be honest. And 
and uh, was looking great, looking good, but he, he just missed that little bit, you know, today he was just missing that little bit. And I feel, it sounds funny to say, I feel bad for a guy who's got like so many world championship gold and Olympic gold and stuff, but you, he was looking that good. At least for me, it's like Evo was looking good enough to win, but he was missing that. Like he was like 99.97% there where Paul was a hundred percent there. And Claybo maybe was 98%. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, no, no, absolutely. I mean, and it was, it was a great attempt by Evo Niskanen and, and a, a great race. I mean, don't look at the result and be disappointed if you're a Finnish ski fan, because Evo Niskanen is right there. And like with Antela coming up, who is so exciting to watch, like, the junior that anchored Finland to that silver medal in the four by 10 K relay. Like there's a lot to be excited for if you're a Finnish ski fan now, and I, especially in distance. And I think I'm just hoping that, that Evo can be a mentor to, to Antela and they can have like this convergence of c- careers for the next three, four, five years. You know what I mean? And uh, kind of teach Antela everything he knows. Cause we could have some, we could have some of these young guns really firing on all cylinders, apropos young guns. And then I'll let you jump in. It is Poroma fifth, fifth and third finally on the world championship podium the way he did it like i said skiing like a total total champion skiing like he's 30 years old it, it, there's there's no faults in his technique whatsoever and by out sprinting a absolutely phenomenal performance by callie halverson a little part of me almost felt bad for callie because like he has no individual world championship medals and he also executed this thing he was dangling there man with 5k to go like it was looking sketch for Callie Halverson. And you're like, okay, well, like we saw Berman just like get popped, but that was, I can't believe Berman lasted as long as he did. He hasn't done, I mean, like I told you before, like, yeah, and he crashed. And I mean, like, I don't how many like intervertebral discs does he have anymore? Like three, I don't know. It's all bulged out of his back. Like he's super impressive, but Callie Halverson put together such a phenomenal performance and to see it come up just a little short is what was was tough to see for a guy that i know how much that would have meant to him but the fact that it was his teammate that beat him and has a whole career and he's i mean poor gonna have like be buried in medals and fame by the end of this whole thing but i'm sorry that's the difference poor muskie's better than you technically and even though it was a beautiful performance by Kala halverson the youth just skied that much better and he ran out of, he just didn't quite have it but fourth place great performance by Kelly. i mean it was it was poetic like you know, it was either going to be the sort of crowning achievement and and Kyle Halverson could literally walk out of here with a medal, you know, head down to the Adriatic, put his feet up uh, and, and start enjoying his retirement before he comes back as a color commentator for SVT. And instead, you know, he gets a little bit cut off by his own, you know, 22, 23 year old teammate on the home stretch and has to, you know, watch that metal ski just out of reach after you know just a totally gut-wrenching two hours i will say i actually got to talk to cal after the race a little bit he was um kind of hanging out and talking to some scandinavians and he was totally zen it was i was kind of shocked you know especially after kind of what we've seen from cal at this championships and for his entire career of like throwing ridiculous excuses and whining and commiserating uh he was just like you know uh he wasn't bothered by paroma almost like skiing over his skis on the home stretch he was like you know william has a better finish in this race and um he you know he was like i'm disappointed but this is you know i'm gonna live with it and it sounds like he's not um hanging up 
his skis at this point. So um, one one season at a time is is what he said. But I I don't know. It was it was kind of funny, and we had a little chat. I mean, I I, I don't I don't think we talked about it nearly enough. Just like you know, we need to spend an hour on dissecting the situation with Johannes Kleibo. Like that was crazy to see him not win. And I, you know, I know it's actually ridiculous that we're sort of uh, almost criticizing him for coming in second and, you know, having what three or four medals from world championships, but I didn't have a close up view, but it sounded like he was not exactly celebrating a silver medal. And, you know, everyone who has been listening to this podcast knows that Johannes Kleibo does not come to races to win silver medals or, uh, you know, he lost the gold medal today and, you know, coming after he also doesn't even medal at all in the individual start 15 K individual start 15 K the guy has done everything, but win medals, uh, you know, in these individual start races, you know, didn't have any, uh yeah so i i don't know i mean i I just think it's it's kind of shocking i mean i maybe it's an unfair standard to be holding him to but it's kind of the bar that he sets for himself no for sure and he's in he like paul said it himself sorry to jump in here but like in paul's interviews at at the at the end of this thing he's like listen to beat well, who is perhaps the best skier that ever lived is of course means the world to me. Like, this is crazy. I was, he was expecting Johannes to come around him in that finishing stretch and, and Johannes just never did. And I agree with you. Like Johannes has three gold medals, two silver medals and a fourth place. That's what he leaves the championship from. But the question too becomes Paul Goldberg, who won that, that skate race just before the world championships sits out the, the, uh, the the uh 15k skate and is that the difference is like is claybo just doing that one 15k like you've talked about it before he's doing the he's doing all the medal ceremonies he's got so much pressure on him blah 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 everyone's asking when are you going to win your first gold medal in the distance race when are you going to win your first gold medal in the distance race and and paul paul has that 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 kind of like old man strength and confidence to be like yeah i won the last 15k before or 10 it was a 10k skate but i won an individual start skate race just before the championship but no i'm gonna kill my darlings and uh i'm gonna sit that one out and in the end he comes back and and is able to to deliver a race like he did today and claybo's gonna have to go back and 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 question whether or not that was the right decision to try for that 15k skate which is which is 100 his worst event that said prior to this championship other than him winning the 50k two years ago we, i don't want to go back into that we talked about that he got dq'd but he did win and that was stupid that he got dq'd but the fact of the matter is johannes Klebo had no medals in distance racing at championships uh that's not true but he had he had no gold medals and no silver medals he had a bronze but um in the in the 15k in um in oberstorf but the fact of the matter is he comes away with two silver medals in the 30 and the 50. He has three more gold medals. Claybo delivered an absolutely phenomenal championship. And if you think that he's going to be crying himself into his soup tonight, he probably will a little bit, but the next world championships are in Trondheim at home for him. Claybo grew up in Trondheim. It's <laughs> a cross country ski fans who just book your tickets and, and Airbnbs now, because what's going to happen in Trondheim in two years is going to be the likes we perhaps have never seen 
you know, like, like, yeah, I mean, we saw it in Little Hummer, we saw it in Trondheim in 97 and we saw it in 2011, but Trondheim now with, with Anna Shirsty Calvo and, and uh, from, from, from that era lives there now. Anyway, it, there's a lot of hometown heroes in Trondheim that are, that are pretty psyched for the next world championship. So anyway, I thought it was a great championship all around Matt, you're a hero for, for uh, sticking with it. And I hope the listeners, thank you so much to the listeners for following us on this journey. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. But I think we're both ready for a little break. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think we should. Uh, I mean, if anyone has like, a, there was a race in Estonia, Estonia, I was hearing about a junior race called the Pineapple Express. So maybe we'll come back. If we hear from enough people, we'll come back tomorrow to recap the Estonian Pineapple Express and NCAAs is coming up. So there's, you know, we'll, we'll find a way to keep busy, but no, same. I think and the Basilop, we didn't even talk about the Basilop. Oh my Pearson. God. No, but Emma Pearson, first first Swedish victory in a long, long time. So congratulations, Sweden. It's and, always nice and, when Sweden beats all those Norwegians in the basketball. And 16-year-old Alvar Milbeck is uh, oh eighth place. And That's so, insane. I mean, in a, ni- in yeah. a 90 kilometers, we could go on and on and on. But but Nat, Nat's got to travel and I've got to help make some dinner here before getting my butt back to back closer to the teaching hospital for my next week here that starts tomorrow morning, bright and early. So thanks a lot, Nat. And what a world championships it was. Yeah, lots to dissect but thanks for all the listeners for their comments and following us it's uh yeah it's humbling it really is so it, it was a lot of fun totally yep thanks for sticking with us and we'll be back uh, after some 50ks 250ks thanks for sticking with us we'll be back 